Welcome back to Double Feature, the IDS film podcast where the powers that be let us in a podcast booth to give you hot takes and maybe some lukewarm ones too. I'm Chris Forrester. I'm Annie Aguiar. And this is Double Feature. We already said that. I know. I'm saying it again. I'm reiterating. (laughs) Voting is one of the most patriotic acts there is. It almost compares to heroic acts of domestic terrorism in protest of a fascist state. To celebrate election week, we're talking about the 1999 comedy Election and the modern, not classic, V for Vendetta. All right. Which one do you want to talk about first? We got to talk about V for Vendetta. (sighs) Opinions on this movie. (laughs) Okay. You like this movie. I like this movie. I wouldn't go past like this movie. Okay. I dislike this movie. First things first, one of the dumb base reasons that I dislike this movie is because it popularized the whole remember, remember the 5th of November thing. Yeah. And my birthday is November 5th. So is Tilda Swinton's. So is t- but I'm, I'm talking about me here. Sorry. You are Tilda Swinton. So I really dislike that my birthday has been co-opted by some faux moralistic um, political revolutionary tale that dudes on 4chan love to love and love to lord over other people as liking the movie being evidence of their own intelligence. Yeah, I think it's a really bizarre movie to have ended up co-opted like that. Like, because if you look at what this film is, this story of rebellion against a fascist dictatorship and something that has a lot to say about oppression of minorities and that has a lot of, you know, Holocaust allegories. It's weird that it's ended up being like a straight dude bro movie where they just talk about like anarchy, which I guess makes sense when you think about the fact that the moral is like you can blow up parliament and it's okay. Yeah. Reddit dudes or like that brand of human being who has kind of clung to this love them some philosophy and they love thinking that the minute they read they don't even read it the minute they watch a youtube video explaining hobbes theory of the social contract Mm -hmm. makes them qualified to talk about anything and everything more so than anyone who would try to debate them on any point these are the this is the debate me dudes favorite movie i think fight club edges it out but no 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 this this one is more up there because it has more because everyone wants to see themselves as v that's because this true. movie makes a hero out of V and makes a hero out of him quoting Shakespeare all over the damn place, acting a fool. I can say damn. In short, white dude bros watch V for Vendetta and forget how to behave. Yes, I that's think that it. The thing that I've been thinking about recently with this movie is the weird conflict between that what he ultimately does is sort of heroic. I mean, it's an act of terrorism against a an evil, corrupt yeah, government, yeah, yeah. which is good. But what so many people, I think, fail to think about, and one of the reasons that I don't love this movie, is that he does it for a deeply selfish reason, which is that he wants personal revenge because of the damage that he suffered. Yeah, very much so. And I feel that that lends itself to a very dangerous path to go down, which is I have been wronged, which means my opinions matter more than yours. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not a great way to go about political process. Well, and, and it's just not a very righteous hero. I think the the movie, the best way to read it is to think of it as um, Natalie Portman's arc. And there, there's so much depth and emotion and that, like, she ultimately chooses not to stop him because she knows that though he's misguided, he's still doing something that is powerful and important. 
But so many people watch this movie and idolize V and think like, oh, well, V could be anyone when he's really just this angry terrorist who was wronged. And instead of seeing the injustices that he sustained as ones that other people sustained also and things that need to be stopped, he thinks of it so specifically to his own experiences. And that's why he acts, which is horrific. This movie is very much taking a preachy standpoint. It's very much ideas never die or whatever the hell that phrasing was. It's very much a, hey, this is a message movie. Listen to me. When you have a message movie and when you're taking a standpoint of people should listen to this and take this to heart and act accordingly, it is deeply irresponsible to then not account for how people could perceive and respond to other parts of the movie. Like, even if they're not intending to endorse domestic terrorism, like, that's it. And it really is, this comes down to when is the right time to kind of start this revolution. And in this movie, it's the right time because this one dude says it is. And he's, you can argue very much so that he's right, but the people of England get reduced to this monolith who, out of fear, all voted. Like, there's one thing where the guy won in a landslide. And I know it's hearkening back to, like, historical precedent. But in a more modern setting, you really can't tell me that there wouldn't be people. Like, hate to get all modern U.S. politics, but it's not like uh, Trump won with 90%. Yeah. You know? Like... Well, and I disagree with you on the point about that he's, like, the one hero. I think the point is more that it just takes, like, one person to step out and then, like, people will rally behind, which is still kind of a generic and tropey arc. And he does it with murder. Yeah. And the thing, the thing that I also don't like that's always been a problem for me with this movie is the entire segment that just delves so far into conspiracy theory i mean to go back to like a real world allegory this movie goes to lengths that would compare to you know like a real life domestic terrorist citing bush did 9-11 yeah and the fact that like the one of the big reveals is like that the government legitimately did orchestrate all of these conspiracies and poisonings and gas attacks to foster xenophobia feels very reductive because it it doesn't confront the fact that xenophobia comes from other places. It's not just a government taking this group of people who've done nothing wrong and faulting them for something like what happens in this movie. It really does take away from the larger point, but it does help kind of rationalize V's actions to make the government just that that extra step of big bad, you it, know? It does, but I think a, a better, more nuanced version of this story would be willing to not go into absolutes. And I think that's one of the things that I love and hate about this movie is that it's a comic book adaptation, and mm-hmm. because of that, you end up with your absolutes, your hero, your villain, all of these sort of classical storytelling tropes that became, like, pop culture and comic books, and I think that this just isn't really the place for them. No, very much not. If you're trying to have, like you said, a nuanced meditation on how the revolution is going to come about in the face of rising levels of fascism, like, 
you can't make it black and white because the world isn't black and white. Yeah, I think, I don't know why I always think of these films as so, like, intrinsically connected, but they just are for me. This movie will never not exist in my mind as the less smart version of Children of Men. And I think that's because they're sort of similar, like, retro-futurist, like, government political apocalypse movies about like the beginnings of a revolution but children of men not to spoil too much about that film because it's a masterpiece and everyone needs to see it it's on netflix okay um but the the background to that film is just so much more thoughtful and challenging and it expects you to meet it on its own wavelength which i think is so much more respectful than just sort of making these absolute scenarios where like the government is 100% bad and essentially the backdrop of that film is that mankind has lost the ability to reproduce like no woman has been pregnant in years there is this thing that I read that was like Logan is just a poor man's children of men they're correct but like mankind is no longer producing new offspring society has sort of fallen and so to maintain order the UK, which is the only, like, surviving nation, has just closed off its borders. And so then, like, at the heart of this movie is this really, really, really challenging um, idea of whether that's wrong or not. Because, you know, obviously closing off your borders in the midst of tragedy is... Not cool. Not okay, but it's just this extreme scenario. And so I think that... I just wish this movie had that level of thought and challenge behind it to where there wasn't really an easy answer instead of what you're presented with, which is blow up the parliament and you win. Hey, have you read one tweet about philosophy? Congratulations, you can lead the revolution. Great. Yeah. All right. On to a much better better movie. A a better film that I did not anticipate liking as much as I did. Isn't it so good? It's really good. The movie we're talking about is the 1999 comedy Election, which maybe is a sequel to Ferris Bueller's it, Day Off. It's, it's not, but like it's fun to imagine it. It is as. fun to imagine. So if that. you haven't ever heard of Election, which is I hadn't until you told me to watch this movie. <laughs> it's like a look at a high school student government presidential election that just gets kind of crazy, but it really is something about, and this interesting is this like fate and destiny versus like freedom. And morals and ethics and kind of like how going down and uh, that downward spiral affects you viscerally and just the manipulation at the heart of politics. And it's also really funny. It is really funny. There are so many really, really great setups and payoffs. I mean, the... One of the earliest ones that I think was the that initial moment where I went from being skeptical of this movie to like, oh, man, this is good, mm-hmm. um, is the the classroom scene where he's teaching the difference between ethics and morals. And then that like comes up in a joke later. And I yeah. was like, oh, that's so clever. That's well set up. My favorite thing, my favorite dumb thing is the Coke and Pepsi. The government teacher is played by Matthew Broderick, who is incredible. He's really good in this. And his kind of adversary is the frontrunner for the presidential election, Tracy Flick, who's played by Reese Witherspoon, who's just a go-getter who does not know what happens when she doesn't get something. This is probably a precursor to her character from Big Little Lies. Oh, my God. Someone was saying that this is like, like you can see a direct inspiration in Leslie Nope. 
<laughs> it's totally true. Yeah. But she's running unopposed at one point, and she's like, I'm really excited to get my campaign started. And he's like, you're running unopposed. And she's like, well, Coca-Cola is the biggest you know, soda company in the country, and they spend the most on advertising. And then later you see him with Pepsi. And at the ending scene, it's Pepsi. Yeah. It's... That's good. I I just really respect comedies that like will let you figure out little jokes like that because yeah. then you see it and you feel smart. It's the classic, give the audience two plus two, don't just tell them it's four. Yeah, it's. I really like this movie because it is so funny, it is so meaningful, and it's not. Well, it is like give them two plus two and let them decide four. It's also definitely not like an artsy like ooh the under the undercurrent theme like in his opening lesson he's talking about morals and ethics yeah so you set the scene and you know that this movie is going to be about morals and it ends up being about this government teacher losing his morality i also love 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 i think maybe one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when he drives up to school in that like slick convertible and there's that great mounted cam shot on the back and then he steps out and it's like his just you know normal blue sedan oh yeah he's matthew broderick is incredible in he's this. really really good his performance is amazing um another performance in this that i love is paul paul is the football star injured football star who becomes persuaded to run for president against tracy flick and he's just so genuine and sweet he is sweet here's the thing Everyone else was casted from, like, auditions from, like, L.A. He was literally, like, an actor in the high school theater at one of the locations they were scouting. He's That's like, so sweet. Yeah. I think that makes his character even better. Because they were like, he's just so sweet and good, and that's why they cast him. And he was originally concerned he didn't want to do it because there's a scene where, uh-oh, he gets a blowjob. And he was like, my grandma's going to watch this movie. <laughs> oh. That's so sweet. That's so cute. It's so good. This movie is incredible. And this movie is incredible. You've never heard of it. That's but, the weird thing. Like, and it wasn't like an underground thing either. Like, Reese Witherspoon got a Golden Globe nomination. The screenplay was nominated for the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay because it's based on a book. Like, I feel like in watching this movie, if you removed the like context and the like classic status of other like famous high school movies like Mean Girls mm-hmm. and Clueless Heathers. and all, of, yeah, all of those, I would easily think that this is like as beloved as those but it's not no yeah. one knows about this well it's 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 just not as heavily talked about yeah you know and it, people like it but yeah, it, it's just it it's, has I mean it got great yeah. reviews mm-hmm. it got great awards reception but it's just not remembered as much yeah yeah one of the funny things just with this movie when it came out is that they had no idea how to market it because they weren't sure if this is a movie we target to high schoolers or this is a movie we target to adults. So it's notable for having a ridiculously terrible trailer. Oh, The ad campaign was really bad. ad campaign was terrible. The ending was rewritten because they shot an ending first and it didn't work for audiences. So this is a movie that just kind of became good. And it was good at a certain point, you know, but I don't know. There's a lot of roadblocks into making this a success. I also just couldn't help but notice we've talked about so many little things that are like maybe this is secretly a crossover with this. The um, Catholic school that the one girl gets sent to is Immaculate Heart, which is the school from Lady Bird. 
I don't know about all that. So we've got the Ferris Bueller's Day Off <laughs> sequel, the Big Little Lies prequel, that's also a Lady Bird crossover. Every single movie is secretly just a spinoff of Election. I'm sorry. Not I'm that. still trying to piece that together with a, a couple. But, okay. okay. I accept that. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Luke Skywalker's cameo definitely suggested that to me. Oh, God. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another thing. One of the things that they added from the book to the movie was the bee sting. That was... Because it's totally... At one point, the teacher gets a bee sting. And it's a visual, like, symbol of his moral decline. Yeah. And Yeah. It, like, little things like that that make this movie so much smarter than your typical... Like, because I heard comedy movie about a high school election, and I was like... This is going to be bad. <sighs> but it's not. It's well-written, and it trusts the audience... But it doesn't, like, force you to do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. It gives you an easy and accessible script and a good story the, and just lets you have fun with it. The filmmaker, one of the things when he was making it, he was like he wanted to associate Matthew Broderick's character with circles. And he wanted to associate Reese Witherspoon's character Is with... Is this <clears throat> the Hudsucker proxy? With, with lines. Because he ends He's, up... In cycles, and she and she is always constantly propelling herself forward, and they both, like, feel bad for each other. Or at least they say they do in the monologue. They're both incredibly unreliable narrators. Yeah. Which makes it amazing. But I, there's so many things about this movie that I love. There's a bunch of apples, and you first think, oh, he's a teacher. And then you realize, oh, it's temptation. Like, it's so good. Yeah. There's some shock value that it definitely relies on <laughs> early on to get you hooked into the story and I will admit that initially there's one specific line that I'm hearing in my head and just thinking if I had been watching this not for the purpose of talking about it I might have just shut it off then and been like nope yeah and I think that's something that just because of the current political moment hasn't aged well but I think it's... it is it is what it is and it's also a like satire slash sort of dark comedy about like bad people at a high school. Yeah. So I don't fault it. Yeah, it's it is unsavory, but I feel the when the movie lets that carry through, it does play it pretty yeah. well with like just the ramifications of that. Um, watch the movie so you know what we're talking about. It's on Hulu. It's also on Prime, but we don't support Jeff Bezos. We do not support Jeff Bezos. So, like I said, it's on Hulu. Anything else you want to say about election? Go out and I, I hope you voted. Yes. We hope you voted. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're recording this Tuesday, November 6th. On election day. So. I voted. My absentee ballot didn't get here in time. I voted. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Hey, wait. I influenced my father's vote to good. be better. That's good. There we go. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Double Feature. Uh, Chris's laptop isn't going to turn on. Next week's episode, we'll be talking Suspiria. And Suspiria. Please tune in. Please tune in. Thank I've you. already seen them both, and I love them. I'm very... No, we didn't do I've Been. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Double Feature. I've Been... Chris Forrester. I am Annie Aguirre. And I will be a voter. <laughs> Good job. Thank you.